0: Locked On listeners, this is Mike DeBate, host of the Locked On Patriots podcast. I know you've heard me say several times here on the pod that technology can be a wonderful thing, but it can also be unforgiving at times. And unfortunately, yesterday was one of those moments. And it was our intention that yesterday, on Wednesday, February 24th, that we would air a special edition Boston Strong crossover episode with yours truly of Locked On Patriots and Gabrielle Starr, host of the Locked On Red Sox podcast. So even though today is Thursday, February 25th, Wednesday crossover will be coming at you today. But for all of you Foxborough faithful out there looking for your daily dose of news notes and analysis from New England, there are still two action-packed and Patriot-centric episodes to help you close out the week in style. So apologies on the confusion. Thank you all for your continued support of Locked On Patriots. And it is my sincere hope that you enjoy today's crossover as Gabrielle and I take the microphone to give to you this special edition edition boston sports crossover episode of locked on red sox and locked on patriots right now
1: you are locked on patriots your daily new england patriots podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: All of you Foxborough faithful, you are now locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. It is Wednesday, February 24th, 2021, and it's a Boston strong crossover here on your daily home for news, notes, and analysis infused with the occasional opinion on your six time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. Happy Hump Day, Patriots Nation, and thank you for joining me here today on the Locked On Patriots Podcast. My name is Mike DeBate, your host of the Locked On Patriots Podcast, which of course is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And because it's your team every day, that means your questions, comments, and feedback are always welcomed, very much encouraged. So share that feedback and send it to the internet by reaching out to me and following me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. And while you're out there doing some Wednesday wandering through the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. Pats fans, here on Locked On Patriots, it's always my first and foremost goal to provide you with the most comprehensive Patriots coverage I possibly can here on the pod. And even though the Patriots were not a playoff team for the first time in over a decade this year, there's still been a lot to talk about here in Pats Nation, whether it be free agent questions, draft profiles, changes to the coaching staff, you name it, we cover it here on Locked On Patriots. But sometimes it's nice to remember that even though we're a part of Patriots Nation, we're also a part of the all-encompassing New England sports fan base. That includes the Boston Celtics. That includes the Boston Bruins. That includes the New England Revolution. And of course, that includes the Boston Red Sox. And there's always been a major connection between the Sox fan base and the Patriots fan base. These franchises have celebrated milestones, even championships, within the same calendar year. But we're being honest, 2020 wasn't exactly a banner year for either franchise. The Red Sox finishing in last place in the AL East, the New England Patriots finishing outside the playoffs for the first time since 2008, a subpar 7-9 and record that saw the Patriots relinquish the AFC East division title to the Buffalo Bills. But the common thread didn't end there, folks. Each of these proud franchises had to say goodbye to a franchise cornerstone in 2020. For the Red Sox, it was outfielder Mookie Betts, who went on to have a pretty stellar season in his first year with the Los Angeles Dodgers, which included winning a World Series with his new team. Of course, here in New England, we know all about what it's like to watch a living legend celebrate a Super Bowl title wearing another uniform. I'm talking Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So even though these respective franchises in their own respective sports, the Patriots in the NFL, the Sox in Major League Baseball, have had a lot to celebrate over the last two decades, this year was really more of a kinship of Misery Loves Company. But not all hope is lost. Each team is on the cusp of beginning a new year, and we all know that with each new year comes a great deal of promise. But the real underlying question here, folks, is how optimistic are Patriots fans about their chances in 2021? How optimistic are Red Sox fans about their chances in 2021? For really being honest, the real question is, should they be optimistic? Well, to help answer those questions for you, my guest today and I thought it would be a good idea to cross the streams and bring you a little crossover Locked On Patriots and Locked On Red Sox. On the hot seat today, I am joined by Gabrielle Starr, host of the Locked On Red Sox podcast. And in addition to being the host of Locked On Red Sox, as well as one of the social media coordinators here at the Locked On Podcast Network, Gabrielle is also the founder of Girl at the Game. And if you haven't yet had the chance to check out this site, folks, I highly recommend it. Gabrielle does a great job of covering not just the Red Sox, but also Major League Baseball as a whole. You can also catch some of her great work on fan graphs, the hardball times. And because both of the teams that we cover not only had a mutually miserable 2020, but also share a great deal of fans between the two of us, we thought that this would be a great time to share the microphone and talk a little bit about the prospects for each team. So sit tight and settle in as we prepare to cross the streams here on the Locked On Podcast Network for this special edition Boston Sports crossover with yours truly of Locked On Patriots and Gabrielle Starr of Locked On Red Sox. It's Crossover Wednesday when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. But first, locked on listeners. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and that equivalent of the NFL hot stove getting hotter by the minute. If you'd like to test your prognostication skills and maybe even make them work for you a little bit, there's only one place that has you covered, and one place we trust: BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. But BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They give you updated, real-time odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, all the scores, and all the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and what makes it even better is it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline.ag today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code On. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in on the action. Go to betonline.ag to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. BETONLINE, your online sportsbook experts. Patriots fans, we're covering everything you need to know about the New England Patriots, but what about the rest of sports? Well, now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, once again, today is a special edition, Boston sports crossover episode between Locked On Patriots and Locked On Red Sox. And in just a moment, Gabrielle Starr, host of the Locked On Red Sox podcast, will join me here on the hot seat. And again, 2020 wasn't exactly an easy year for either fan base, and... Gabrielle and I have been waiting to share the microphone for quite a while to talk about the loss of two franchise icons, both Tom Brady and Mookie Betts. You know, it's hard enough when cornerstones like that, beloved players, players you idolize, you watch, you invest your time in, go on to continue their career elsewhere. What makes it a bit tougher is when those players become the key component, that missing link, in a championship for their new team. So both Patriots fans and Red Sox fans had to experience that this season. Mookie winning a World Series with the Dodgers, and of course Tom winning a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. Obviously, there's a large crossover population here in New England that are fans of both the New England Patriots and the Boston Red Sox. So without further ado, let's cross the streams up here a little bit on Locked On Patriots as Gabrielle Starr, host of the Locked On Red Sox podcast, and yours truly, host of the Locked on Patriots podcast, bring you this special edition Boston sports crossover here on the Locked on Podcast Network.
1: Locked on Red Sox, Locked on Patriots with Mike Debate, host of Locked on Patriots. This is both really cool, but also a little bit depressing given the state of the two teams that we cover. How are you feeling, Mike?
2: All right. Right up until that point, Gabrielle. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Yeah, it, it, it is a little bittersweet uh, hosting our pods these days, uh, especially when you're used to the success that these two franchises have had, especially over the course of the last two decades. 2020 was a bitter pill to swallow for a lot of us up here in New England, but we're here to get you through it. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. My honor to join you on the microphone. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time.
1: Yeah, me too. This is this is a treat. Like you said, not the best circumstances, but still fun. Uh, So let's start with Patriots. I feel like because your season just ended and obviously ours has not begun yet. What was it like watching Tom Brady win his seventh ring? With a different team. And I mean, honestly, the whole season watching Tom Brady, every time I saw him in that Bucks jersey, I was like, this feels like Photoshop come to life. And it just felt so weird. But I'm not even like a huge football fan. So I can't even imagine how it felt for you.
2: It was surreal to say the least. Uh, I think that's probably the most... uh... Maybe maybe the most diplomatic way for me to put it, uh, it was weird. It was just, you know, an icon like Tom Brady that has been the stalwart of this franchise for the past 20 years. You just don't expect him to see him wearing any other uniform. And I guess it was more palatable to see him wear a Buccaneers uniform than maybe some of the more rival franchises for the Patriots. I think it would have been really tough to see him wear someone else's jersey that was really a uh, – A bitter bitter rival but at the same time you look at the success that he had you're happy for Tom because of everything that he brought you here in New England and I was happy to see him win ring number seven there's no question about it but there was always that element of I wish it could have been here in Foxborough I wish it could have been with Bill Belichick with Robert Kraft with the New England Patriots and watch him get ring number seven here throughout the season you looked at Tom struggling at times and there were times where the fan base was saying oh, okay well there's where Bill was right he let go of Tom too you know not too quickly he let go of him right at the right time didn't let him linger on but as the season wore on and you started to see Tom become Tom Brady take a slow start and really cultivate it into something special it became you know just watching old hat it was like watching him with the pats and the fact that he had Gronk down there with him was definitely a little bit, uh, I'm sure, more of a comfort for him, but you got to credit him in the way he, he brought that type of winning culture that he has and brought it to uh, the Tampa Bay. So in a lot of ways, I think it was bittersweet for a lot of Patriots fans. Uh, once the Pats were eliminated from competition, I think it was a lot easier for the fan base to get behind Tom Brady and say, well, the Patriots are not in this at all. Let's watch Tom win number seven. Let's see him go for it. But at the same time now, we're ready to turn the page to 2021, and it's all about this current crop of Patriots coming up. This is going to be an interesting off-season up here in Foxborough, Gabrielle.
1: Again, I just can't imagine how it feels for like diehard Patriots fans. But then again, I totally can because of Mookie Betts, which we'll talk about in a little bit. The Bucs started the season really struggling. I feel like they were kind of all over the place for a while, just from my uh, very casual observer's eye. But there's always kind of been this argument of like, Is it Bill Belichick who's made this such a winning culture in Foxborough for such a long time? Or is it the fact that Tom Brady's like the goat of football? And that was like the real question that I think people were looking for an answer to when Brady left the Patriots because it was like, all right, now we're going to see, like, can Bill win without Brady? And can Brady win without Bill? We kind of got an answer to the latter. And I guess the former since they didn't, but I'm curious as to your thoughts on that. Do you think Belichick can win without Brady?
2: Uh, I think that Belichick can win without Brady. And look, obviously, the question has been answered as to whether or not Tom can win without Bill. And I don't think it was ever really much of a question. I know the media love to cultivate it, and it's fun to talk about on Sports Talk Radio, and it's fun to talk about either at bars or pubs or sitting around, you know, at parties and having that conversation. Who's more responsible for the dynasty? Is it Brady or is it Bill? I've always subscribed to the idea that I think virtue lies in the middle, and I think these two guys accomplished what they did, and as much as they did, because they made each other better. Brady made Belichick a better coach. Belichick made Brady a better player. They would have had success on their own, but not the type of success they had if they weren't together. With regard to Bill, I think a lot of Patriots fans have to remember that building a franchise back up, renewing that type of dominance that you had for the last 20 years with a new quarterback with a new uh philosophy is going to take some time so bill belichick does have a little bit of time to work with that being said he is considered the goat in terms of uh you know coaches of all times just like tom is considered the goat of quarterbacks He's going to have to prove that in short order, and it starts this off season. What decisions is he going to make to try to move this team forward? Who's going to be the new quarterback? That's the biggest question here in New England. But also, how does he build the pieces around him? Patriots have a lot of questions at wide receiver, at tight end. There are still some questions on the defensive side of the ball as well. So Bill and his brain trust have to start building that foundation toward the Patriots getting back. Will it happen this season? i about fifty-fifty 50 optimism on that. I think that they may return to some sort of prominence. I think they'll be better than they were in 2020. But in terms of them competing for a Super Bowl championship again this year, uh, I think those are really, really lofty goals. I'd be really surprised to see the Pats in that type of mix.
1: Forgive me for being totally out of the loop on this, but do the Pats currently have a starting quarterback? Like, I know Cam Newton was not exactly uh, a match made in heaven. Do they have their quarterback for 2021-22 yet?
2: Not as of yet. Uh, Right now, under contract, I shouldn't say that. Right now, under contract, Jarrett Stidham, who was predicted to be the starter last year before they signed Cam Newton, is still under contract. He has two more years left on his rookie deal. So Jarrett is in-house. But the Patriots have not made an official decision on who the starter is going to be. There's a lot of rumors about Cam Newton possibly coming back. That polarizes the fan base. He didn't have the greatest statistical year in 2020 without any question. There's still some question marks about his physicality, his throwing motion. Uh, he didn't look sharp throwing the football. But Cam is a leader, and he's someone that team and the teammates and players will follow. If he can shore that up and prove to the Patriots that he's still got it physically, he may be one of their better options in terms of quarterback for 2021. A lot of people are talking about names like Marcus Mariota or Jimmy Garoppolo making a return, maybe Jacoby Brissett names that are out there right now the patriots could be in the mix for those guys i don't discount it at all especially when you look at the price tag that it might take to get some of these guys either via trade or signing them to a free agent deal but ultimately the big big names out there like russell wilson deshaun watson the asking price is too high patriots just simply don't have the capital to offer to pry those guys away from their current team so My best guess is that the Patriots would probably go with a veteran option like Cam or maybe one of the guys that I mentioned, draft someone for the future to get as a backup behind Stidham and have a three-man rotation this year. But as of right now, still anyone's guess.
1: The uncertainty is, as someone who likes to know what's coming, uh, the uncertainty there just would make me so anxious. But, you know, watching that parade, we just have to talk for a second about Tom Brady
0: throwing the trophy Absolutely, yep.
1: can we just talk about that for a second because i genuinely was terrified in that moment for that poor trophy
2: I think a lot of people were you know the the Lombardi trophy in the hands of expatriates right now is really becoming a very difficult thing we know the story about Gronk uh, allegedly denting the trophy a couple of years ago uh, with a uh, with a baseball swing and now Tom is tossing it off of a boat like it's uh, you know something out of Pirates of the Caribbean but uh, all kidding aside uh, I think you know in a lot of ways you saw Uh, a little bit more of an open Tom Brady uh, this year uh, in terms of social media interaction, uh, in terms of uh, the freedom to be able to, I guess, express himself a little bit more. Uh, Gronk had talked about that as well. For everyone that thinks that the Patriots run this puritanical system up here, they don't. It's just a different way, a different method of doing business. And I think you're seeing a different side of Tom this year. So, yeah, I was a little terrified about that as well. But uh, ultimately – it was still in good hands. I still have a lot of faith in Tom Brady in terms of the reverence he has for that trophy, what it means to him to win it, and also what it means to him uh, to to be a part of that type of legacy. So I think in a lot of ways you hear the word disrespect. I don't think it was about disrespect at all. But, yeah, it was a little terrifying to think that could have ended up near the bottom of the Atlantic.
1: I think it was before the parade, I think it was right after they won the Super Bowl, that the Patriots official Twitter account tweeted out congratulating Brady and Gronk on winning. And I think their second tweet was like, Gronk, be careful with that. (laughs) Be careful with that trophy. And then like, of course, it wasn't Gronk so much as Brady who was tossing it around like a hot potato. But This is the perfect segue into talking about baseball because I don't know if you saw this, but J.D. Martinez showed up to Red Sox spring training wearing a t-shirt with the now infamous photo of Brady being led home, you know, drunk after the parade in his like orange t-shirt. And J.D. Martinez was wearing a shirt with a photo of drunk Tom Brady on it showing up to Sox Spring. And it was just like the funniest thing because then Brady, he quote tweeted it. He's like, I'm never going to live this down.
0: Locked on listeners, you've often heard the phrase often imitated, but never duplicated. And the only ones who could provide the best, healthy, low calorie and delicious treats to satisfy all of your snacking needs are the ones who provided the best in the first place. Built Bar. Folks, I am a fan of every product Built Bar puts out because no one can do it like they do it. 100% 100% real chocolate, soft, easy to chew, and Bilt Bar is not only low-calorie and low-sugar, but it's also high-protein and high-fiber. Great for all of you following the keto lifestyle. Bilt Bar has no crazy additives. Half the calories of its most popular competitors, and get this, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. All the mouth-watering flavors you know and love like peanut butter brownie, banana bread, salted caramel chocolate, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp, and I'm just naming a few. So prepare your taste buds for WOW and make Built Bar your go-to protein bar right now. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the new promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. Don't delay, do it today. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's new promo code LOCKEDON20 at BuiltBar.com. Locked on listeners, Wednesdays on Locked On NFL take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchises. Tony Wiggins and James Rapian are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming NFL draft and young NFL players fresh in the league. Get everything you need Wednesdays on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. Patriots fans and Red Sox fans, once again, I am joined by Gabrielle Starr, host of the Locked On Red Sox podcast. And in the previous segment, we talked a little bit about one of the more difficult seasons for Patriots fans in quite some time. And I also tried to give my best educated guess on what may lie ahead for the Patriots in 2021. Well, now it's time to flip the script. With spring training having begun and a full 162-game season on tap for the Sox this year, what does Gabrielle have to say about the Sox' chances in 2021? And will the same problems that plagued the team in 2020 come back with a vengeance this season, or will the Sox be able to rise above it? Without further ado, here is part two of my discussion with
2: Gabrielle Starr, host of the Locked
0: On Red Sox podcast.
1: Let's talk about the Red Sox. Are you a Red Sox fan?
2: Absolutely. I mean, up in this area, it's a way of life. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you follow the teams that you're, you're born, uh, you know, into the region and, uh, just like you, Gabrielle, I mean, it's 2020 was not an easy year observing the Red Sox as it wasn't for, you know, casual fans or, you know, fans on the periphery to observe the Patriots. I know that the Red Sox obviously did not put their best foot forward when it came to their final record in 2020, uh, 24 <laughs> and 36. Now, obviously... It was a situation where a COVID-shortened season didn't help anyone in Major League Baseball, and the Red Sox had a great amount to overcome. And that's something I'd actually like to ask you about, because the impact of Alex Cora's return this year to New England, uh, to Boston, to me, might start the rejuvenation of the franchise a little bit. And I, I don't think I'm being melodramatic because I think Alex does have that type of an impact on the players that he coaches and of the strategy that he uses. And I don't mean that in any way to disrespect Ron Reneke. But Alex brings a level of respect and rapport with his players along with a big game strategy that I think is going to make an impact this year. The question is, How much of an impact do you expect it to make? How big is it to have Alex Cora back as the manager of this team?
1: You know, it's interesting. In a lot of ways, I think it's huge. And then in a lot of ways, it's not as big a deal as people are making it out to be. Because you'll recall, in 2018, he came in to manage a stacked team. You know, this was a team that had already won back-to-back division titles. And they were just a couple pieces away from like that championship, that postseason team. You know, that 2017 was the first year in 20 years almost without David Ortiz. They didn't have a big bat. John Farrell was really circling the drain in terms of his managerial tenure. The Red Sox won that division, went to the ALDS, but couldn't go further than that. And when Cora got hired, Dombrowski had already constructed a postseason team. They weren't a deep into the postseason team, but they were a postseason team. Let's not pretend that Cora constructed it himself. I mean, that's not the manager's job in the first place, but Cora came into a very advantageous situation becoming the manager in the 2017, 2018 offseason. And then in 2019, you saw him flounder a lot as a manager, he kind of had a sophomore slump. You know, he made some bad decisions in terms of not giving the starting rotation enough work during the 2019 spring training, switching Benintendi to the leadoff spot instead of Mookie, and also just kind of doubling down on those decisions as the season kind of progressed. You know, Benintendi, for example, remained in the leadoff spot until the last weekend in May, when we all knew that that was an experiment that should have ended in April, early April. You know, you saw questionable bull t- bullpen decisions, which isn't to say that he's not a good manager. I really think that he's incredible at connecting with his players and really getting a lot out of his players and helping them. I mean, he turned Rafael Devers into an MVP candidate in 2019 from a guy who had made something like eight errors in the first two months of the season. He turned him into a guy who was a strong AL MVP candidate, but he's far from a perfect manager. I don't even really think that those exist. Anymore. I think. It'll be interesting to see what it's like for him now, because with Chaim Bloom, this is the other aspect of this. And I know this is a really long-winded answer, but Chaim Bloom is different from Dave Dombrowski in that Chaim Bloom has openly said multiple times he wants to have a really collaborative relationship with his field manager. And we've seen so far that that's true in the signings that Chaim Bloom has made. He got Marwin Gonzalez, who played for Alex in Houston, Cora was Kike Hernandez's manager for Team Puerto Rico during the World Baseball Classic, so that that was a huge thing for them. Martin Perez has told me specifically that Alex Cora was the main reason he decided to come back to the Red Sox after having some contract disputes with the Red Sox earlier this offseason. You're seeing a roster that Cora heavily played a hand in constructing, and I think that that speaks both to Cora's skill as a manager of constructing a roster he knows he can work with, as opposed to just coming in and trying to work with what he's given. He's actually making requests of Chaim Loom, and I think that that's going to make a difference just in terms of you know the success of the team, because the guys who are here want to be here. And you can't say that about every single MLB team. You can't actually say that about a lot of MLB teams or their players.
2: Absolutely, and I think in a lot of ways Patriots fans can identify with that because you're in New England to do a job that's why you're here. You're here because you're buying into that system, and I think it's great insight as well, uh, You know, letting us know exactly what the type of impact that Cora can have, and maybe what type of impact he's not expected to have either. It's good to have that balance, and that leads me quite nicely into my final question for you today, and I know a lot of rumblings around the Sox this year, Gabrielle, is that they failed to invest in players on the field. A lot of fans have not forgiven the team for trading away Mookie Betts, and you mentioned watching Tom Brady celebrate a Super Bowl championship with Tampa Bay. It was tough as a Sox fan to see Mookie celebrate with the Dodgers. I love Mookie Betts. I really enjoyed watching him, uh, you know, be able to celebrate. But there was a part of me that wishes he was still doing it here in Boston. Andrew Benatendi now gone as well. We're still waiting on word about Jackie Bradley Jr. But that doesn't look promising. But the Sox still do have players. You mentioned J.D. Martinez. I loved, by the way, the T-shirt gig. I thought it was great. I thought it still shows that there's a lot of camaraderie between the fans and the players up here in New England. But they still have Xander Bogarts, E-Rod hopefully a return to good health and prominence on the mound. We've even seen hopes about Chris Sale being back at some point. Gabrielle, what's your outlook for uh, the Sox at Fenway this year? What do you expect from them in 2021?
1: You know, I think that at worst, they will be a 500 team. At best, they will be a wild card team. The latter obviously requires a lot of things to go right for them. You know, you mentioned Eduardo Rodriguez and Chris Sale. Those are two of the biggest question marks and two of the biggest linchpins in the success of this team. If Chris Sale can come back sooner rather than later he can be one of the top starters in the rotation again, hopefully. Eduardo Rodriguez, we have no idea what we're looking at here. Um, I saw yesterday that he had a really good bullpen. He threw a bullpen session that Cora was really happy about. That's great. We don't know what kind of stamina he's going to have. He hasn't pitched in a major league game since the final game of the 2019 season, which I'm still mad about, by the way, because Matt Barnes blew a save that cost Erod his 20th win of the season. But... I think if guys like Xander and Devers can get back into their 2019 AL MVP candidate form and JD can get back into his strong offensive form, if a lot of things go right and this team can work together with the new guys that they've added, because let's be real, this is more new faces than they've added in the last three seasons, pretty much. I think that they have a shot at playing in the wild card game do I think that they could win that wild card game I don't know but after 2020 which I think many of us are ready to just kind of pretend it was like not even a real baseball season I think the Red Sox could surprise a lot of people this year in a good way I'll be specific on that because uh you know surprise could be a very bad thing but yes I think I think this team is going to surprise a lot of people and I'm excited for it
2: well, on behalf of Red Sox Nation, I certainly hope you're right. And I put a lot of faith in your judgment. You covered the team, honestly, and with a great deal of accuracy and spot-on content. So, you know what? I'm rolling with you right now, and I think it's good. And hopefully, both of our fan bases will have a little more to celebrate this year than they did last year. Gabrielle, this was a blast. I absolutely, I thoroughly enjoyed sharing the microphone with you. We should definitely do this again, maybe midsummer, uh, right around the time where the Sox are hitting their stride and the Patriots are opening training camp maybe to do a pulse check uh, on uh, both franchises and their prospects for 2021. But uh, thank you, folks, for joining us today here on this crossover Locked On Red Sox and Locked On Patriots podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: And so, Pats fans, we've made it over the hump, and we are now more than halfway through your work week. But fear not, because there is still plenty of Patriots coverage coming at you to help close out the week in style. So to be sure that you do not miss a single second of the action, download and subscribe to the Locked on Patriots podcast on platforms such as Radio.com, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, just make sure that you're staying locked in to Locked on Patriots. Once again, my name is Mike DeBate. I thank my Locked On colleague, Gabrielle Starr, host of the Locked On Red Sox podcast, for her time, her insight, and her appearance on today's pod. But most of all, I thank you so much for listening and for continuing to make Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Until tomorrow, Foxborough faithful, stay safe, stay well, continue to be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone.